this is Dean Parsons here. I hope you've all had a great week. You have a few minutes now for a quick cuppa, so sit back and dunk your biscuits while I talk about making connections. I was diagnosed in 2017 at age 45. I live in a beautiful but remote part of England. I live in a small village on the Suffolk coast. Although my journey to diagnosis was a long one, it was only after being diagnosed that it struck me that I knew of no other living person with Parkinson's. In my childhood, I'd had a great aunt with Parkinson's, but in 2017, at age 45, I found myself feeling very isolated and living a new reality that was different from anyone around me. That realisation quite took my breath away. I believe that makes being me all the more difficult and for those closest to me, it's also difficult for them. We have no one around us living the same life experience. It's fundamental to the human condition to need to connect with others. We need to feel validated. We need to share thoughts, feelings and emotions about our common experiences. We need to share perspectives and the trials and tribulations of life, of which there can be many. We also need to share the achievements, the highs, the successes, and the insight and understanding that can only come from talking with those who walk the same road. Without that, we're far more likely to feel uncertain, anxious, lacking in confidence. We may be less likely to feel hopefulness, or we may simply lack knowledge and information that could be really helpful. For some, the lack of relating to someone like yourself can mean that loneliness creeps in, and that can open up the door to feelings of depression. I speak not just as a person with Parkinson's, but as a psychotherapist who all too often has to counsel people who suffer due to the varying causes of loneliness and isolation. Today, thankfully, there are many support and social groups online for people with Parkinson's. And indeed, there are community groups in local areas, so do look for them. Do something this coming week that will connect you to other people with Parkinson's. You are not alone, truly. There is help, there is support, friendship, and I know this sounds cheesy, but there really is a lot of love out there. The Parkinson's community is global and we all understand. anniversary of my diagnosis falls on the 27th of June and I'm sure many of you will recognise how poignant the anniversary of a diagnosis is. I now co-facilitate a Facebook-based support group for people with Parkinson's and those close to them. It's called Parkinson's Road. I'm one of a team of people that are known as admins and we give our time to share the experience of living life with Parkinson's and to be a support to those in particular who are struggling or who may be socially isolated. The admin team are, like me, people with Parkinson's, with two being caregivers to someone with Parkinson's. It's just the most wonderful privilege to get to know so many amazing people from across the world. And there truly is more that unites us than divides us, no matter the difficulties we see in the news these days. 
Parkinson's Road is designed to be a social space and a place of fun. There's something for everyone. We're a diverse group and we run focused subgroups that support people around physical health, fitness and caregiving. An aspect of the group that many of our members love is our live video broadcasting. Various admin team members will often host a live chat or interview with a group member, a bit like our own chat show. Being broadcast live, other members who are watching can join in by posting questions and comments. Often the members who are watching will themselves um, bring a theme to the table and we may turn the chat show into something more of a debate or a discussion. Watch out though. A couple of people in the admin team have a bit of a penchant for singing. You'll also find on special occasions that some of us put on fancy hats and we love being silly. We enjoy quizzes and games and quite often admins and group members will broadcast live spontaneously just from wherever they happen to be. I've broadcast from beaches, castles, village festivals and my little country cottage and garden. It's all good fun with, of course, plenty of time for the serious as well. There's nothing that we don't discuss, so try not to be too shocked or shy or embarrassed. But just a reminder, we're called Parkinson's Road. We're here for you. Come and join us on Facebook. In around 2009, I read Lucky Man, a memoir by Michael J. Fox. While the book itself was a wonderfully interesting, touching and entertaining insight into a fascinating man, I reached the end of the book and felt literally stunned. I realised that in describing his illness and his experience of it, Michael J. Fox had described me. I recognised so very much that was common between us, and I knew at once that I had Parkinson's. This book touched me in a way that no book had before. It was as though someone was telling a huge part of my own life story. I remember feeling a mixture of incredible relief and fear. I remember feeling a sense of understanding and peace, plus the first true hit of a sense of reality. This was it, I thought. Michael J. Fox had described me and the symptoms I had been battling for so long. I recall just sitting on my chair with my beautiful old dog Fred sat beside me while my now husband was at work. And you know what? I cried. I wept almost 20 years of tears in a torrential downpour of relief that somebody in the world was like me. I was no longer the only one. That I cried at all was unexpected. I didn't think it was something that I had needed, but sure enough, the tears were there and the floodgates opened. I truly believe that was a profound moment of emotional healing and the beginning of my journey into acceptance. I felt liberated, even though it was still several years before my conclusive diagnosis was reached. Poems about my life with Parkinson's. Here is a preview of one in which I recognise and thank Michael J. Fox for the impact he has had 
and continues to have upon my life. It is called Sonnet for the Actor, and here it is. Sonnet for the Actor. You have become a brother in my heart. Through time travel, you became known to me. Off screen is where you play your greatest part. You lead the way and teach me how to be. I read the words you wrote about your life. You described me within each heartfelt line. As you disclosed your symptoms and your strife, you could not have known that you'd described mine. From that key point, my destiny was clear. The road ahead would be a bumpy ride. With gratitude, I hold your words so dear. Parkinson's brothers walking side by side. Your gift has been to shine your light so bright. You give me hope that I may win this fight. Today I thought I would discuss a little bit about becoming creative and about creativity. Since connecting with people with Parkinson's across the world through a Facebook-based support group that I co-facilitate called Parkinson's Road, I have found many people with Parkinson's find great comfort in expressing themselves through artistry, whether that be in the form of the written word, painting, drawing, and other forms of visual art such as photography, through to garden design, interior design, model making, and even the performing arts. This variety of creative activities is seemingly endless. I too have increasingly immersed myself in art. For me, writing is my creative medium. I find it can be a great distraction from my symptoms, but conversely, it can be a cathartic and therapeutic means of self-expression. For example, it can be hugely beneficial in helping me to express my thoughts, feelings and emotions about living my life with Parkinson's. For those who indulge in the performing arts, for example, acting, dance or singing, the benefits can be physical as well. Through performing arts, we may increase our physical stamina, balance and core strength. Through singing, we may overcome the quiet voice symptom and we may learn how to speak with either facial masking or facial tremors. And we may learn also to better control our mouth, tongue and throat in order to minimize the risks of choking, which is one of the other difficult symptoms of Parkinson's. There's also the social benefits of art. Practicing a form of art may help us develop friendships as we share our work with our friends. It may help us connect with a community as we show our work with our community and get to know other people who may be, for example, attending an art workshop or an exhibition. We may even develop a financial income or take part in creative events. And we may even go on to teach others our skills or give talks and presentations to people and groups about our own creativity. Through my work as a therapist, people will often tell me they want to try being creative but that they lack the confidence to do so. This is very common. And I would urge you all to have a go at creative activity. If you feel a little nervous about doing so, maybe join a local group or an adult education class in your area. 
they will all welcome you and they'll be delighted to share their skills with you. You could ask a friend or a family member to attend with you, or if you prefer, you could seek out a tutor to come to your home. Many people who practice creativity go on to volunteer their time to helping others free of charge to learn new skills. You know, we also have our inner child within us. That's my therapeutic work speaking. But have you ever thought about just getting out a pad, pen, pencils, paintbrush, and just sitting at home having a dabble at art just for the fun of it? Don't take it too seriously. Or perhaps you would like to have a go at writing a short story or a poem. I've just published a book about my life with Parkinson's. It's entitled A Look Inside My Parkinson's Life in Poetry. And you'll find this on Amazon in paperback form. I thoroughly enjoyed writing the book. It was reflective, challenging, emotional at times, but above all, great therapy and just enjoyable. One of my friends recently underwent deep brain stimulation surgery, or DBS. Until that point, he had been living with some of the most excessive symptoms of dyskinesia and of Parkinson's tremor that I've ever seen. As a person in a very public-facing job, the added pressure of having to be seen to suffer something so visibly is yet another thing to have to deal with. He has dealt with this remarkably well. I'm delighted to report that his DBS went incredibly well. I'll say hello to him now. Hi, Brendan. We're all really proud of what you've achieved. Together, all of us have some understanding of Parkinson's and as a group, we are strong. We can stand together to show the world that some of our symptoms are visible and that we still have a right to play our part in society. We can show that we still have much to contribute to our communities and to society as a whole. We do not deserve to be mocked, whispered about, treated badly, or subjected even to a lack of politeness. We deserve better, and frankly, we expect better. We expect the basic kindness of human decency. Fellow people with Parkinson's, think about the things you still want to go out and do. Think about the things you may have stopped doing, and today, decide to resume those activities. You have every right to live a full and fulfilled life within the limitations of your capability, understandably, but nothing should stop that from happening. Remember, the bad behaviour of other people says everything about them and actually says nothing about you. It is theirs, not yours. When my symptoms are particularly bad, I wear an identifier bracelet or badge. I actually make a point to highlight and advertise that I have Parkinson's. I then either show that to people who may see me struggling, or sometimes it has encouraged people to ask me what the bracelet or the badge represent. And I get to inform them a little bit about Parkinson's. That is how I can reclaim control of dealing with the reactions of other people. I turn it into an opportunity to educate them. 
Other ways to do this may be to have some leaflets about Parkinson's in your pocket or bag that you could hand to anyone who may be reacting to you. The more we step up and educate others, raising the profile of Parkinson's disease in the process, the more we open up society's eyes to our experience. This is by far the best way to tackle what is really just ignorance. It may seem a challenge to do this, so you may want to ask someone who is out with you to carry leaflets or to speak up on your behalf until you learn to become more comfortable about doing this yourself. You might consider writing a piece for a local community newspaper or magazine, or you might ask to speak on your local area radio station. You might simply put up a poster about Parkinson's and our symptoms in your local shop window. These are just some ways we can raise awareness, educate people about our symptoms, and also help society to develop more of an empathy for what we have to experience. I thought I would host a Parkinson's themed quiz. So please do pop and get yourself a pad and pen and I'll start the quiz in a couple of minutes. I'm sorry though, we don't currently have a fund for prizes. Every last penny goes on tea and cake here. Are you a cake fan? What about baking? Are you a baker of lovely things? Maintaining a hobby can be very helpful for people with Parkinson's. Hobbies can help us to maintain our abilities and our cognitive functions. Do you do any baking or have any other hobby that you love which helps you to keep your symptoms at bay? Do send in any photos you have of you doing your hobby. Okay, so hopefully by now you've all got your pads and pens at the ready. So as I mentioned, I'm going to host a small Parkinson's themed quiz. Taking part in quizzes and doing things like crosswords, word games and puzzles will help to keep the cognitive functions working. It might even help fend off the famous foggy brain. I'll be reading out 10 questions and then you'll have to tune in to hear me next week for the answers. Like I say, this is just for fun, so please don't send your answers in. Just keep them on your notepad and I'll reveal the answers in next week's show. Okay, are you ready? Here goes. Question one. What was the first name of Dr. Parkinson, the English doctor whom Parkinson's disease was named after? And I'll repeat. What was the first name of Dr. Parkinson, the English doctor whom Parkinson's disease was named after. Question two. In what year was the actor and hero to the Parkinson's community, Michael J. Fox, diagnosed with Parkinson's? Again, in what year was actor and hero to the Parkinson's community, Michael J. Fox, diagnosed with Parkinson's. Question three. World-renowned champion boxer Muhammad Ali had Parkinson's. Sadly, we lost him back in 2016. What was Muhammad Ali's original full name at birth? And I'll repeat. Question three. World-renowned champion boxer Muhammad Ali had Parkinson's. 
Sadly, we lost him back in 2016. What was Muhammad Ali's original full name at birth? Question four. Actor and comedian Robin Williams was known to have suffered Lewy body dementia prior to his untimely death in 2014. In what US city was this incredibly talented man born? And to repeat, actor and comedian Robin Williams was known to have suffered Lewy body dementia prior to his untimely death in 2014. In what US city was this incredibly talented man born? Question five. My name is Dean G. Parsons, and if you've listened over recent weeks, you will know that I've just published at Amazon an autobiographical book about my life so far with Parkinson's. What is the title of my book? And to repeat, my name is Dean G. Parsons, and if you've listened in over recent weeks, you will know that I've just published at Amazon an autobiographical book about my life so far with Parkinson's. What is the title of my book? Question six. Singer Linda Ronstadt was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2012. In which year did Linda Ronstadt release her album entitled Mad Love? Incredibly, her seventh platinum selling album. And again, Singer Linda Ronstadt was diagnosed with Parkinson's in 2012. In which year did Linda Ronstadt release her album entitled Mad Love, incredibly her seventh platinum selling album? Okay, well, we're over the halfway mark. Just four more questions to go. Question seven. In what year was the Michael J. Fox Foundation established? And to repeat, in what year was the Michael J. Fox Foundation established? Question eight. This one is about deep brain stimulation surgery or DBS. What is the name of the medical device placed in the brain of a patient with Parkinson's that sends electrical impulses to specific targeted areas of the brain? And to repeat, what is the name of the medical device placed in the brain of a patient with Parkinson's that sends electrical impulses to specific targeted areas of the brain? Two more to go now. Question nine. A well-known London institution asks for people with Parkinson's to donate their brains for important research once they have died. What is the name of the well-known London institution? And to repeat, a well-known London institution asks for people with Parkinson's to donate their brains for important research once they have died. What is the name of the well-known London institution. And finally, question 10. Which member of UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson's family 
was diagnosed with young onset Parkinson's disease. And again, which member of UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson's family was diagnosed with young onset Parkinson's disease? Well, there we go. The quiz is finished. Um, so do tune in next week as well to hear me announce the answers. Meanwhile, do get yourself stuck into a hobby. If you've had to give up a hobby, as many people do, due to Parkinson's, there are still many new things that you will be able to take an interest in. Ask your family, friends and members of your community to help you find something if you're short of ideas. Everyone listening in wherever you are. This is Dean Parsons speaking and I hope that you're well, comfortable and feeling uplifted about something nice from your week. You know it can be difficult to think of a week as being nice in any way, particularly in those weeks when we're facing the onslaught of our symptoms. It's vital to find nice things though. Whether it was a piece of music you listened to, some birdsong you heard through your window, something on TV that made you chuckle or interested, or even just that 10 minutes when you enjoyed a book and a cup of tea or a cuddle with your dog or cat. I have two dogs, Oscar and Digby, and they are great for a sympathetic cuddle on the difficult days. discuss the subject of whether Brexit is a good thing or not for this country, but I do want to state that I recognise how many people with Parkinson's, myself included, are increasingly concerned about the supply of medication, whatever type of Brexit we end up having over the coming weeks and months. As a psychotherapist, I like to reassure people not to fear feelings of anxiety. Many people can feel distressed when anxiety starts? Well, a little anxiety would make sense in a situation of concern, and so you can remind yourself that your feelings are rational, and therefore they are just one of your healthy functioning emotions. The key is to offer yourself some reassurance so that the anxiety can then ease down. Now to feel reassured, you could perhaps have a conversation with your medication prescriber about your concerns. I'm sure that they will inform you of how they are managing the situation and do everything they can to put your mind at ease. So from your GP through to your hospital, from the local commissioning groups through to medicines management in the NHS, teams across the country are working hard on ensuring that plans are in place to see everyone through whatever happens with Brexit. If you feel that people around you, however, do not understand your concerns, you could perhaps join a support group, either in your community or online, to find out how fellow people with Parkinson's are feeling and coping. But also, as people with Parkinson's, quite often we are low in vitamin D. We don't often have ease of movement and mobility. And so for some of us getting out and about in the summer 
to soak up that lovely vitamin D that's so good for us can be tricky. So your PD nurse and your medical team, your GP, they could all advise you about vitamin supplements that could be helpful for you. I'd like to read you a poem briefly, and it's called Look in the Right Place. And I wrote this, it's in my book that's just come out called A Look Inside, My Parkinson's Life in Poetry, which is available on Amazon and it's by me, Dean G. Parsons. Look in the right place. We must look into the dark to find our might. We must search inside our hearts to find what's right. We must walk along the road to find our sight. We must offer out our hand to find the light. We must certainly look up to find the bright. Thank you for listening, particularly with my voice as it is this week. It's been my privilege to be here.